Welcome into the show, guys. Thank you for joining us today. This is Fantasy MLB Today, and I am your host, Joe Orico. You guys can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. And you guys can also go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account, which is where this show is posted out from every day. And we're going to try and be giving you more and more content on both of those pages throughout the season. And I've started to really ramp it up on my personal account with lists of players to add. Uh, I did a buy low, sell high thread yesterday. So as the season goes on, I'm going to be trying to give you guys uh, more and more content throughout the day on Twitter to go along with the pod to help you guys out. Um, Specifically for weekends when there is no pod. And also if you guys don't have time to watch the show one day and you still want to stay up to date, you can go ahead and check out my Twitter feed, and you'll still get a lot of the news. Not You won't get everything that you get on the show because it's just a lot of stuff we cover here over the course of about an hour, but you'll still get a lot of the information. One thing I will ask you guys to do today, if you wouldn't mind, is to just go and leave a five-star review on the podcasting app or Spotify, whatever you guys use to listen to this. Uh, However you guys do it, leaving good reviews helps the show to be seen more. It helps it to get out there and move up the algorithm. So really appreciate any uh, five-star reviews and good comments you guys can leave down below. That'll really help us to grow and expand here. So we're going to be going over our same format we follow most days here on the show. We're going to be going over yesterday's games, taking a quick look ahead to today's uh, pitching matchups. And then we'll be going over some of the most added and dropped players. And then at the end, uh, we should have time. I'll touch on my DFS lineup from yesterday, which was a huge winner. And we'll also go over uh, today's lineup. So let's start with uh, the games from yesterday. Let's start with my hometown Blue Jays. They won 6-4 to over the New York Yankees. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. went crazy, going yard three times. Now he got stepped on by Aaron Hicks while making a play at first base. I think it was the second inning. And it looked worrisome. He started gushing blood from his finger there. And uh, being a Blue Jay fan, baseball fan, fantasy manager... Very concerning, but uh, he clearly showed us that he was fine. He came back and hit a couple more homers and doubled off of Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole actually tipped his cap to Vladdy, which was kind of fun to see. Other than Vladdy, I mean, he was the main producer on offense yesterday. Uh, He was essentially their their only producer. They had a couple of other hits, but uh, he did have four out of the eight hits there. The Yankees had a couple of home runs from Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge. Other than that, not too much. Uh, and Glaber Torres as well. Not other than, other than that, not too much to go over. In terms of the starters, Garrett Cole was okay. He was better than he was in his first start. But, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for Vladdy, it would have been a lot better. But Vladdy uh, definitely, definitely, uh, I'm trying not to use bad words here. Vladdy uh, took a dump on him. Vladdy really had his number last night. So other than that for Cole, it's not very concerning. It was good to see Jose Barrios get through, uh, get anybody out, because after the first outing, uh, which I was there to see in person, he only recorded one out, and it was really rough. So it was good to see him pitch five innings here, strike out five. He did give up a couple of long balls and three runs, but overall, not a bad outing from him. Jordan Romano, uh, another save, his fourth on the year. And he's looked really good to start the season. He has the most consecutive saves now uh, in Blue Jay history. I think it's 27 without blowing one. And he has a chance to creep into that top elite level closer category this year. Oh, excuse me. He definitely has a chance to reach into that uh, top five closer range, which he's already knocking on the door of. 
uh, Hendrickson Hader, obviously at the top, but I think he's in that. Uh, he's close anyway. He's close to those guys, and he gets closer every time he goes out there. I think. Let's talk Nationals and Braves. Uh, we had a good outing from Josiah Gray. He went five innings, only gave up one hit, struck out five, and walked three. I was a little nervous deploying him yesterday against the Braves, but he uh, quelled our fears there with uh, a one one hit ball, and we knew uh, from last year that he is capable of good outings. He was the main piece that went to Washington in the Max Scherzer trade. So obviously they did their homework. He looks like he's going to be really good going forward. And he's worth an ad right now uh, in deeper leagues. And I'd keep an eye on him in standard leagues as well. Max Fried wasn't terribly impressive. He wasn't bad. Five and a third, seven hits, uh, three runs. Only two of them earned. And he struck out four. It was fine for Max. He's now 0-2 to start the year. We would have hoped for a little bit better. Uh, not ideal to have a 5-7-3 ERA after a couple of games, but uh, he's not someone I'm terribly worried about. Uh, Austin Riley with the only long ball of the game here for uh, Atlanta. The only long ball of the game, period. Let's move on to the Pirates and the Cubs. Uh, not a terribly exciting matchup, and Kyle Hendricks really did not uh, repeat his opening day start. Three and two-thirds, he gave up seven hits, six runs, all of them earned, and walked four, as well as giving up a home run. Not great for Hendricks. He's still someone I'm holding in standard leagues, but he's someone you got to be careful on moving forward. He's very risky, and he's someone I would typically only play in good matchups, which this would be one of them, the Pirates, but he got rocked around. So he will be risky this year for sure, as he is every year. Zach Thompson, uh, he left with a shoulder injury. He went through four innings, gave up five hits, two earned runs. Uh, not a bad outing from him, but also not someone I'm really going to be worried about too much. Uh, the next game we have is the Guardians and the Reds. Tristan McKenzie looked very good over four innings, only giving up three hits and striking out six. It would have been nice to see him go a little bit deeper, only 67 pitches. And it would have been nice to see him uh, actually get the win there if he had gone another inning. But uh, we'll, we'll take it from him for sure. On the batting side for Cleveland, a uh, four-for-five day for Miles Straw with another steal. He's still looking like a really good uh, early-round draft pick this year. Or, sorry, a very good late-round draft pick who has returned early-round value. Uh, Stephen Kwan regressed uh, a little bit yesterday, and you're going to see that. Uh, he was 0-4. He did walk and have an RBI, but uh, <clears throat> you know, you're not going to see him bat 700, obviously, going forward. I'd still have him added in leagues at this point, especially leagues where there's on-base percentage and in points leagues, but uh, he's still someone, generally, who is going to be valuable. We'll see where he lands exactly. He'll obviously settle in somewhere below what we've seen so far. But uh, he definitely should be rostered at the moment. And Jose Ramirez as well. My God, he's been on fire this season. He has 14 RBIs in six games, three home runs. He's a monster, Jose Ramirez. I'm really sorry the Jays weren't able to do something to bring him over here because he is a hell of a lot of fun. A great all-around ball player. Uh, so, and he's been producing, a, I think he's the number one ranked player to this point of the season. Obviously, those rankings don't mean too, too much. But we'll still touch on them here and there just for context. Uh, Owen Miller, who we'll talk about uh, later on in the most added section, hit two home runs yesterday. Now, he's not someone I'm really too worried about in fantasy, despite the crazy hot start. He's someone who will fall off and who will not be worthy of a roster spot uh, in a couple of days, most likely, maybe a week. But he's not someone I'm really interested in. On the red side, we had Nick Lodolo, who I thought was probably about the only guy you could stream in yesterday. It was mostly uh, number one starters, number two starters going yesterday. 
So there wasn't much on the table. He was the guy I streamed it in, in a case or two yesterday, and he did not perform very well. Four innings, seven hits, five earned runs. It was a decent matchup, but he just couldn't really get settled in. And to be fair, uh, it was his major league debut, so we might have to give him another start or two. I like I like the stuff. Uh, he's promising, but right now uh, he's just a deeper league slash dynasty guy. He's not someone who's going to be must roster at the moment. The Mets and the Phillies is the next game, and Max Scherzer had a really good game here. Five innings, five hits, one run, uh, struck out seven. He didn't look great to start off, that's for sure. Uh, there were some struggles there. I think he walked the bases in the first inning. Uh, he got out of it from what I remember, but not uh, not a great start from him for sure. Compared to what we're used to with Max Scherzer, right? He walked three guys, five hits. It wasn't bad. Most guys would take it as a very good start, but for him, it wasn't great. On the Philly side, Aaron Nola uh, continues to be disappointing to start the season. And granted, it's still early on, but we're not liking what we're seeing so far here. Three and a third, three hits, three runs, all of them earned, and he walked three. Three is a big theme for him yesterday. Gave up the long ball. He did strike out five guys. Uh, a very, very mediocre line from him. I was expecting more uh, early on this season. I thought he'd be a bit better than he was last year, but it's not looking terribly great so far. On the batting side, the Mets had a big game from Pete Alonso. He had a home run. He drove in five, three hits. Uh, he's looking great early on. And Brandon Nimmo also hit a home run. I I'm liking Brandon Nimmo early on this season. Uh, he's been leading off quite a bit for the Mets. And a very powerful lineup. He has hit a couple of home runs recently. And I think that he's someone you could probably roster comfortably uh, at this point. Obviously, there's still a lot of fluctuation that will go on. But at this point, he looks like someone that you can add comfortably. Uh, certainly in deeper leagues. Maybe I would be a bit more careful in standard leagues. But he's looked very good. So something definitely to keep in mind there. The Dodgers and the Twins is the next game. And a big what if here with Clayton Kershaw going seven innings, striking out 13, and giving up zeros. Just pitching beautifully. It was a perfect game. Who knows if it would have happened. You can never really predict these things. Clayton looked fantastic, and they pulled him, I believe, 80 pitches on the dot. Uh, it's, you know, I, I agree with it, and I don't agree with it at the same time. Uh, Dave Roberts isn't here to win division championships. He's not here to win three-game series during the regular season, and I don't think he could really care less if Clayton Kershaw throws a perfect game or if he threw two perfect games or if he threw, you know, whatever. It doesn't. I don't think it really enters into Dave Roberts' mind. It's just about winning ball games. Obviously, it was something he considered yesterday, uh, keeping him out there. It was something that definitely crossed his mind, but at the end of the day, uh, you want to look out for your, I mean, maybe not your ace anymore, but, I mean, who knows? After yesterday, we'll see. It's technically Walker Bueller's the ace, but Kershaw, man, no, he was fantastic. It's something to really keep an eye on to see if he can bounce back to old Kershaw form this season. The Dodgers had a bunch of home runs. Max Muncy went yard. Cody Bellinger went yard, which is good to see. Uh, Gavin Lux also went yard. And the catcher, Austin Barnes, had himself a hell of a day catching seven innings of perfect baseball and then going yard. A good game for him there. Chris Paddock's debut was less than stellar for the Twins. Four innings, six hits, three earned runs. Not bad, not great. He was going up against the Dodgers, so we do have to give him a bit of a pass there. He's someone who 
it's it's an iffy roster for me at the moment. I think I would probably roster him, um, but he's not someone who I am terribly confident in. So I think at this point, it's kind of a toss-up whether or not he should be on rosters. We'll have to see uh, in his next start. I'm not 100% sure who he's going to be going up against. But we'll have to give him a little bit more time than this, especially going up against the Dodgers to really get an accurate picture. The Red Sox and the Tigers is the next game that went on. Nate Eovaldi was pretty good. Five innings, four hits, two earned runs, and six strikeouts. He did give up a couple of home runs. But it was pretty solid overall for him there. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez was not good against his old team. Three and two-thirds, five hits, seven runs. Only two of them earned. There was uh, an error. Or why? Uh, I'm not exactly sure why the runs were unearned. Uh, I didn't catch any of this game. But the Reds are, are... Yeah, there was an error. It must have been because of the error there that the runs were on. Five unearned runs. Oh, um, not great, obviously. Now, it's not going to hurt in uh, ERA leagues, your category leagues. But it's still not a great outing for him, to be sure. You have to be very careful if you drafted him. I wouldn't drop him if you drafted him just yet. But he's not going to be someone who's going to be very great this year. I would pause and evaluate your team and see if he's your worst pitcher. If he is your worst pitcher, then you might want to think about letting him go. Something to think about. I wouldn't necessarily jump to drop him, but I would think about it. Let's move on to the Astros and the Diamondbacks. Framber Valdez definitely had some control issues. Three innings, only two hits and one run, but he walked five, so he was only able to go to three innings. Uh, he threw 75 pitches over those three innings, so kind of a no-brainer taking him out. Christian Javier looked very good coming in, uh, not directly after him, but one guy in between them. Three innings and five strikeouts, something to uh, keep an eye on there. Ryan Presley took the loss as well, giving up two runs, uh, walking a couple of guys. Not an ideal performance from Ryan Presley blowing the save there and taking the loss. Uh, on the Diamondbacks side, we had Merrill Kelly, who was actually really impressive, uh, surprisingly so. He was good in his first start. I didn't think he'd carry it over this much. Five and a third, three hits, no runs, and he struck out six. Uh, really good for Merrill Kelly, and he's rostered on only 20-something percent of leagues, so he's someone who could be an ad going forward. Uh, he's done fairly well here in these first. He's done very well in these first two starts, both against good teams. So uh, definitely consider adding him if you're looking to add a pitcher, uh, not for like a streaming purpose, but for someone if you're looking to improve going forward. He's someone who I'd really think about. A couple more games here: the Padres and the Giants. Sean Manaya was very good again. Uh, not great, but I think, you know, we'll take this if he does this every time out, pretty much. Six innings, four hits, two earned runs, he walked two, and he struck out six. Uh, you know, you'll take that. He did take the loss, but you'll you'll take that outing from him most days. Logan Webb was really good. Eight innings, four hits, uh, only the one run. I was a little nervous yesterday going in, but he was great. Uh, I, I He should be on rosters. Uh, Camilo Doval got the save for San Francisco. He's someone who is a little bit iffy for me, but if he is going to be getting these save opportunities, if he's on your roster, I would probably hold for now. I wouldn't go and jump to add him necessarily because I'm not too certain going forward. But if you already have him, then you take the save yesterday happily. And uh, you, you move on, right? I, th I think that for now, you, you hold. But... 
he's an iffy one. You're not really totally sure what Gabe Kapler is going to be doing over there. Uh, three more games now to go over. The Rays and the Athletics. The Athletics took it 4-2. to two. Frankie Montes looked very good again. Six and a third, five hits, uh, two runs, only one of them earned. Uh, I really like Montes. Like I've talked about on the show here, I don't think he'll be uh, on the Athletics for very long. And I, I say very good again. He wasn't very good in his debut. But I think uh, I don't think he'll be on this team for very long. So you may see uh, some better lineups around him moving forward, assuming that he gets traded, which I think is a very high possibility. He was fine. Um, and I don't think it's massively going to impact him, but obviously playing in a better location will positively impact uh, the amount of wins you get. So I think that his value is kind of unknown at the moment. After a bad start uh, against the Phillies, and now he's done pretty well against the Rays here, I'm not totally sure where I stand on him. He should be rostered, obviously. I'm just not sure where exactly I see him fitting in for value this year. I like him, but I don't know. Um, I don't know how many games he's going to really be in line to win this year, which will hurt you guys certainly in category leagues. So it's something to remember there. Shane McClanahan on the other side, he did look good. Uh, he did give up some runs, but he did look really good. I really like what I see out of Shane McClanahan. He should obviously be rostered. He is rostered in most leagues anyway, but. I don't think uh, it's quite as high the roster percentage as you might expect there. Uh, let me take a quick look. I think he's... Oh, he's, he's at 96. I thought he was lower than that, his roster percentage. But yeah, I guess for those 4% of leagues where he's not rostered, I would definitely have him rostered. Uh, I don't know why he wouldn't be. I remember seeing the number lower, though, before. That's why in my head it was still... I thought he was like in the high 80s for roster percentage for whatever reason. Uh, not too much to talk about here other than that. Uh, a couple more games, the Brewers and the Orioles. Corbin Burns returned to form. Seven innings, three hits, eight strikeouts. Fantastic. Uh, Devin Williams came in and was not great. Gave up a couple of earned runs. And then Josh uh, Hader eventually came in for, the th for his third save of the year. If you draft a Josh Hader, you'd love to see it. He's... Yeah, I think he's the best closer in baseball. Yeah, I was hesitating there for a split second, but yeah, he's the best closer in baseball, I think, if you drafted him. Uh, the early returns have been pretty good so far. So continue to enjoy the uh, the hater show. On the other side, the Orioles, not terrible from John Means. Four innings, two hits, uh, two earned runs. He didn't really get up there and pitches too much either, 51. So I'm curious. Oh, he was a, it was an injury. It was a forearm. I didn't see this game, guys. I didn't realize that he had left with an injury. He's going to go and undergo an MRI. That's not great. Uh, we'll see what happens with John Means. I like him. Good start here. Um, it's too bad he got hurt because he's pretty much the only viable guy in the Orioles rotation. Uh, we'll have to just see for news. We'll see what happens um, throughout today or maybe tomorrow. We'll get something back on him probably today. But uh, we'll see what happens there. The White Sox and the Mariners is the last game we'll cover from yesterday. And Robbie Ray got lit up. He got absolutely lit up. Six and a third, ten hits, six runs, all of them earned. Two walks, and he gave up three home runs. He did strike out four, but a very small silver lining there. 
Uh, on the other side, Dallas Keuchel, five innings, six hits, three earned runs. Not great either. I was expecting definitely a better matchup here. I thought this would be more of a low-scoring game. Uh, 6-4, not a like, terribly high-scoring game, but I thought we'd see better out of both guys. Uh, Liam Hendricks did get the save despite giving up an unearned run. Struck out two guys. Uh, so he's another guy who's definitely returning a decent value early on here. A bit of a scare uh, in his first outing against the Tigers, blowing the save. And he's actually given up a run in every outing, but you'll you'll don't need to worry too much about Liam Hendricks. I think he's he's gonna be fine. Uh, obviously, obviously, you're not gonna be dropping him or anything. Even if he has four or five bad outings in a row, you're not gonna be dropping Liam Hendricks. But uh, you're not totally thrilled with what's gone on so far. Let's take a look at today's games. Uh, we'll look at the Athletics and the Rays first. Cole Irvin and Josh Fleming. Uh, decent pitching matchup. I would like uh, Fleming in this case much more. I think he would be a decent stream for today. Uh, the White Sox and the Mariners, we have Logan Gilbert going up against Jimmy Lambert. And, you know, I really like Logan Gilbert. He's one of my breakout potential guys this season. He's someone who should be uh, rostered for sure. Jimmy Lambert, I would stay away from. Uh, don't really know too much about the guy, but I'm not big on the... Uh, unknown early season starters who are, I don't know. He's kind of, he just barely made the team. Um, he didn't make the opening day roster. So he's not someone I'm going to be too interested in either in this uh, case or going forward throughout the season. Those are the two early games, uh, 1 PM and 2 PM Eastern time, respectively. Let's move into the evening slate and St. Louis and Milwaukee. We have a really good matchup here. Adam Wainwright and Brandon Woodruff. They are taking, uh, they're facing off against each other tonight in Milwaukee. Brandon Woodruff, we are really hoping we see something better than last time. He was brutal against the Cubs. Uh, we were talking yesterday with Ray about the weather could have impacted him there, sure, and the short spring. Um, it doesn't mean you don't worry about it. You're still obviously concerned early on in the season that he had three walks, two strikeouts, brutal numbers all around. But we're we're hoping he gets back to form today. Brandon Woods, or sorry, Adam Wainwright, his counterpart today, had a great opening day start, and we'll see if he has one more uh, season of fantasy value left in him. Now he's facing a much better team today, the Brewers, than he was last week in the Pirates. So we'll see what kind of value he can hold today. In the Nationals and Pirates game, we have Juan, Juan Adon. I'm, you guys know me. I can't pronounce names for, for my life. And JT Brubaker. Uh, neither of these guys I'm really going to be looking at. Neither of them have. Neither team has a great lineup, and neither team has great starters today. I would look for probably a Washington victory here, but uh, I'm, I'm not targeting either of these guys. They're, neither of them are worth your time streaming-wise today. Philadelphia and Miami, very good pitching matchup here. Really, really excited for this one. Kyle Gibson and Sandy Alcantara. I'm really interested to see if Kyle Gibson can somewhat repeat what he did uh, last time out. I'm not totally convinced, and I was saying on Twitter this morning, I think it's probably going to be his best start of the season. So keep that in mind as you add him. I would still add him. I think he's still worth adding. Uh, just even last year, he was he was a serviceable fantasy guy, and if he's starting off this well, you have to take a chance. Ten strikeouts, no walks, over seven innings, albeit against not a great team in the Athletics. 
but you, you'll take it regardless. Sandy Alcantara, who went five innings in his first outing, he was fine against the Giants. We're hoping for a little bit better here today. He did walk five last time out, so that's something to definitely keep in mind. But a really good pitching matchup here, one that I'm excited to watching later on. The next game, we have the Angels and the Rangers, and we have Shohei Otani going up against Dane Dunning. I'm not really interested in Dunning today. He's an iffier back-end uh, stream guy today. There's not too many stream guys today. We're still in the... We've, we've reset now mostly to early rotation guys, so there's not too many arms available who are starting today. He's a lower end, middle lower end uh, stream for today, but not someone I'd have a ton of faith in. Shohei uh, was very good his first time out, four and two thirds. He did give up, I think, just the one run, and he struck out nine. So really positive numbers there. Uh, I'm looking for him to build on it against a fairly poor team here. So let's take a look. Uh, the next game, which is the Padres and the Braves. Another good pitching matchup here as we reset uh, into the second week now. We have uh, guys making their second starts, and we have some good pitching matchups, which is how it works early on in the season here. Uh, two out of every five days or so, you're going to have good pitching matchups, and then two or three out of the other five days. Uh, in terms of starting rotations, you'll have kind of crappier matchups until teams start having off days, and then those matchups won't be ace versus ace, two versus two, three versus three. Then you'll start having aces versus four guys, the two guy versus the three guy, whatever. So then we won't see so many of these uh, nice matchups. But early in the season, I uh, really like these cool pitching matchups. Joe Musgrove and Charlie Morton definitely fits into that category. Both were really good last year. Both were pretty good to start the season this year. So both of them obviously are rostered already, but it should be another fun game to watch today. Uh, Tigers and the Royals, not much here on the fantasy side as far as I see it. Casey Mize and Brad Keller. Keller is uh, an interesting thought to stream today. He did have a very good outing against the Indians to start the season. Sorry, the Guardians. I haven't actually slipped up on the show yet, I don't think so. I think that'll be the first time. He was good last week against the Guardians, so he's probably at the top of my streaming list for today in terms of pitchers that available that are available that are going up against fairly poor teams. Uh, he would probably be my guy there. The Cubs and the Rockies is the next team we'll go into. Uh, Justin Steele and Kyle Freeland, neither one of them is particularly interesting to me. Steele was good in his debut. Uh, he went against the Brewers and threw five innings, four hits, shutout ball. Definitely interesting, um, but I'm not terribly crazy about the whole Coors Field thing. And he's still a bit of an unknown to me, so I'm not taking a chance really here. He's one of the guys in that middle-end streaming bucket today just for a lack of options. But he's not someone I'd be running to go and grab. It's, it's very iffy if he'll have a good game or if he won't. The last game of the night, which is a 10 p.m. Eastern start time, is the Dodgers and the Reds. Luis Sesa will be starting against Walker Bueller. And, you know, we have to hope for Bueller to be maybe a little bit better than he was last time. Obviously, early in the season, he only gave up two runs. Not bad at all. Uh, but if you drafted him, you drafted him very high, and you're, he's probably your ace on your roster. So you're hoping for a bit better than that going forward. Obviously, early season here, we have to give these guys a bit of a break for the lack of spring and the lack of warm-up. Luis Sesa is not someone I'm interested in, obviously. And I say obviously because pretty much anybody going up against, whether it be the Dodgers, the Blue Jays, uh, the Cardinals, the Astros, most of the time those teams, you don't want to stream pitchers going up against them. So I'm going to be staying away from Sesa here. 
Uh, it would be a miracle if he is able to perform well in fantasy, I think. So uh, Bueller, definitely I'm looking for a good performance there. The Reds don't do not donut. The Reds do not have much of a team anymore. So I would expect uh, Walker to probably have a better start than he had in his first outing of the year. That is the feeling I get. Let's talk about some of the most added and dropped players over the last day or so. Owen Miller is the number one added player. Uh, his roster percentage has gone up to 19%. Definitely was nowhere near there. Uh, I'm not sure what it was a couple days ago, but it definitely was in single digits. He's currently the fourth-ranked player uh, based on totals to start the season off. He's 11 for 21, two homers, six RBIs. He's not someone I'm going to be interested in today or really at all. Uh, people will add him. People are adding him, and that's fine. He has multi-hits in every game, but he's not someone with any kind of track record. If you've already jumped and added him, then fine, okay. He's not someone who you're going to hold for very long. Uh, I can almost guarantee you of that. But uh, if you want to ride the hot streak, they don't play today. If you want to ride the hot streak out and see if you can get some more value throughout the week for you, then by all means. Uh, but he's not someone I would uh, put a lot of faith in going forward. Jesus Lazardo is still being added after his great outing against the Angels. He's someone that I would go and add. He's at 52% rostered, and I'm surprised it hasn't jumped up even more than that. Definitely someone to go and add there. Connor Joe is the next guy being added. And, you know... I'm kind of torn with him. The course field factor definitely plays into the uh, add column. In terms of the don't add, I'm just not totally sure. Um, I think I've touched on this yesterday that dropping an established guy for him, I'm not totally sure that would make sense because I'm not sure how sustainable it is. Uh, he's, he's Every game he's had has been a fantasy productive game this year. And I just don't know that we can expect that going forward. I don't know that we can't, but I don't know that we can either. It's 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 really tough to predict some of those Coors Field uh, Colorado guys who are typically not maybe the greatest of players, not, not to slight him at all, but not the greatest of players, and their value does get bumped up just by playing where they play. So I'm going to be cautious about him. I would add him in deeper leagues, and I'd be very, I'd be very cautious about adding him in a standard uh, 10 or a 12-team league just because there's probably so many more options there that are going to be more viable throughout the entire season. Again, like Miller, you can ride the hot streak if you want and maybe pick him up and try him out for the rest of the week, but I'm not totally sold that he's going to hold that going forward. Tanner Rainey has a couple of saves now for the Nationals. He looks to be someone that you can go ahead and add. I'm not uh, too, too familiar with him other than looking at the 739 ERA from last season. So I would add tentatively, but I would also be careful uh, and don't get too attached because he probably will be someone that you end up dropping. That's just uh, my feeling. There's a chance that he wins the closer job and he can be the closer going forward. I'm not totally convinced. There's a good few arms in that bullpen who I think have at least an equal chance. Uh, Sean Doolittle, Kyle Finnegan, I think there's a decent chance that they might get turned to for save opportunities. Uh, Steve Sishik also has a chance. I don't think as high as Doolittle and Finnegan as well, especially Finnegan there, I think has a good chance. But uh, for now, Rainey is getting saves, and I would probably uh, see if you can work around something with your roster and try and pick them up for now. Early season speculative closer ads uh, can pan out really well for you down the stretch. 
and they're not going to be available for very long if they do continue to save games. So uh, closer is a position that you have to kind of take flyers on more than other positions for sure, just to try and uh, lock down the save category because it's a very hard category to come by. Kyle Gibson is the next guy being added, and that is partly for uh, the game today, and he's also just been added uh, quite a bit over the last week or so. Only 66% rostered still, so he is available. Going up against the Marlins on the road here, I'd feel fairly confident in deploying him today. I think you guys can go ahead and pick him up and uh, use him as a stream as well as going forward. Uh, G-Man Choi is also being added in quite a few leagues. He's homeward in back-to-back games. Uh, they've given him the day off today. He won't be starting for the race today. Now he's batting 563. That's not sustainable. Uh, I would keep an eye on him, but he's not someone that I would go ahead and add at, right, at the moment. Anyway, uh, Daniel Bard is the next guy we will talk about. And he's got a couple saves and a win so far this year. He's kept the ERA and the whip fairly low. So I'm going to say add. Uh, he is, a, he is like I said on Twitter this morning, he is a bit of a roller coaster. He will blow saves, um, no doubt. He will blow saves throughout the year. He will lose games. Last year's ERA was 5.2. He still ended up with 20 saves and 7 wins. So it was valuable to some degree, but that ERA really is not great. So something to keep in mind... Something to keep in mind when you add him is that it will be a bit of an up and down roller coaster. So remember that. Uh, Jerickson Profar is also being added in quite a few leagues. Not somebody I'm going to be too interested in. We've already talked about how he was very highly touted early in his career. And he's been kind of hit or miss since then. I don't expect massive things from him this season. So I'm going to be leaving him on the waiver wire. Uh, Justin Steele is being added. And he had... Uh, a good outing last time, so he's being added for the stream for today. I'm a little nervous about the whole Coors Field thing, as I pretty much always am. But I think it's fairly safe that you guys can go and use him, especially in deeper formats. I mean, Coors Field is always going to make me nervous. I think in deeper formats, though, you kind of have to take a chance on him there. I mean, even saying that, you don't have to, right? But if you're lo- if you're looking to win your week this week, uh, let's say you need strikeouts or there's another category, let's say it's ERA or something, or even wins, if you need to win pitching categories this week or if you're really trying to, I mean, it's first week, it's hard to say anything is must win at this point. But if you're really looking to stream in a guy for strikeouts and maybe for an ERA, then he's not a bad option there. Tyler McGill is also still being added. I'm surprised he's still available. Go and add him if he is available. Uh, he won't be for long. He's in 74% of leagues rostered to this point, and that number will just keep going up and up and up, I would imagine. so. And I think his next start is against the Diamondbacks. Uh, not confirmed there, but I think it's against the Diamondbacks. So you want to go and add him. Absolutely, he's someone to go and add. Let's take a look at some of the big drops. Uh, Nick Lodolo has been dropped in a lot of leagues. He was streamed quite a bit yesterday for his debut, and now he's been dropped. I like him okay. I understand him being dropped, especially in standard and shallower leagues. Um, Kyle Hendricks is also being dropped. People uh, overreacting a little bit there, I think. I would hold on to him for now. Uh, He's going to be a bit hit or miss for sure, but until he's bad consistently, I think you kind of have to hold him because he can give you really good outings. John Means has been dropped in a certain amount of leagues. Not About 1,100 Yahoo leagues he's been dropped in. I would probably hold for now. I mean, he is capable of giving you like a sub-350 ERA. Not great strikeout numbers, but I think he's someone who can be a back-end rotation guy for sure. 
I wouldn't worry too much there. Uh, Jeff McNeil is also being dropped in a lot of leagues. And now let me go back to means there. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much at the moment, but we have to see what this MRI says before you can really be totally sure what's going on with him there. Uh, Jeff McNeil is being dropped in a lot of leagues. I don't agree with it. I think that he's going to bounce back this year. And I think that he's had a couple of bad games. And that's the knee-jerk reaction of, of fantasy managers early in the season. He was 0 for 3 in his last two games. So they're dropping him. But I will hold on to uh, McNeil for now. I think that he can go back to what he was uh, the year before last and the couple years even before that where he was over 300 with uh, not a bad mix of power and speed there. He, he can be valuable, especially in a good mess lineup there. Uh, Alex Kirilov has also been dropped quite a bit. He's been uh, landed on the IL, and he was not good at all this year. One for 17 to start the season off. So he's not someone I'm going to be looking at. Uh, I, I agree with him being dropped. Jared Kalanick as well. Those guys are in the same boat kind of uh, in terms of prospects who came up around the same time last year. And they both sucked. Kalanick is 1 of 15. He has stolen a base. But there's no value in rostering him there. Eduardo Rodriguez also been dropped. Yeah, I get it, but I would probably hold on a little bit longer. He's He can strike out quite a few batters, so he's somebody who can be valuable for sure. Uh, I mean, for sure. I say for sure. It's not totally sure. The team sucks. He's iffy, not a great fantasy asset in years past, but I think that I would hold on to him for now. I think it's a little too premature to be dropping him there. Let's talk a little bit about DFS because yesterday was the best day of the season we've had so far. Uh, I know that it's a little bit more niche, the DFS stuff, but I'm hoping that the guys who listen to this and girls, if there's any girls listening to this, I doubt it though. But if you are, um, I really hope you guys take a chance on Daily Fantasy because it can be really fun and really rewarding and really profitable as long as you're not like me living in uh, Toronto where... It is illegal now, but we will, I'm sure, have some equivalent soon. Uh, let me quickly talk about yesterday's lineup because it was scored 150 points, which is guaranteed money in any contest you enter, for sure. There's not even a debate about it. I had a great day. Uh, it was just a great day. We hit big time on six, uh, six of the ten guys. And we had two zeros in the lineup, actually, but the guys who were good were just so good that it didn't really matter. Tristan McKenzie returned 20 fantasy points, 32 for Corbin Burns. We've already talked about their lines. They were both really good yesterday, so both good calls there. If you make good calls on your pitching, you're going to be fine a lot of the time because they are the ones who uh, definitely get the most points on a consistent basis. And then we had Tyler Stevenson behind the plate. He went yard, uh, drove in a couple of runs. He was hit by a pitch. 21 points from him there. Max Muncie was one for two with a homer, two walks, and was also hit by a pitch. 22 points there. Owen Miller was the big scorer other than Corbett Burns. He went yard twice. Uh, great pick there. And those were the guys, uh, and one more actually, Eloy Jimenez, who despite leaving early, did hit a home run for us yesterday. So 14.2 points from him there on the Yahoo side. Uh, really valuable stuff from those guys I just mentioned. Justin Turner also had a base hit in two RBIs, and Kyle Schwarber walked. Those were the rest of the contributions there. And then I had zeros from Willie Adamas and Kyle Tucker which is unfortunate, could have got the score up even higher. 
And it could have been that much higher as well if Corbin Burns had uh, gotten the win, as well as Tristan McKenzie. They both didn't get the wins in, in games their teams won. Um, and in games their teams won because of their performances is a large part. So it's unfortunate that they didn't get the wins there. But it is what it is. Let's move on to today's lineup. I'm not feeling as comfortable in today's lineup, but uh, not as comfortable as yesterday, but I'm still feeling very confident here. Uh, one thing, they had uh, said that Brad Killer, Brad Keller was going to be starting, and uh, it's actually Zach Grinke will be starting for Kansas City today. I had thought it would be Keller, um, but I believe it will be Zach Grinke here. Uh, there's still a little bit of confusion on that uh, from what I'm seeing. Uh, some places say it's Grinke. Some places say it's Keller. So I'm a little confused there. I might have to change this depending on if it is Keller. Um, why, why don't I just go to reliable Twitter and we'll put in Royal Starter and see what we get. Um, yeah, I don't think it is confirmed. So I'm going to have uh, Grinky in there for now as my first uh, DFS pitcher today. Walker Bueller will be the second. No, he is a pricey option, one of the pricier options on the slate uh, in terms of the pitchers. The only one who's more expensive, well, there's actually two. Charlie Morton is the most expensive pitcher on the slate, which is a little surprising. Uh, and Shohei Otani is second most expensive. And then you have Walker Bueller. And I think maybe part of that is uh, a matchup thing. But he's playing San Diego. They're not, they're not terrible or anything. So it's a little weird that Morton's the most expensive um, but yeah, I'm confident with Bueller there against Cincinnati. I think he's definitely someone who would be worth deploying uh, on the daily side today. Obviously, you're deploying him in your season long leagues, but I think yeah, in a daily league, he's valuable as well. Uh, let's start with the position players. Alejandro Kirk, I have at the backstop. He has hurt me a couple times recently, but the price has fallen and he's due. So I like him here for $8. Spencer Torkelson, I have as my first baseman, 11 bucks. Uh, he hit his major league, uh, first major league home run yesterday. And I expect the momentum to carry on over. Marcus Semien I have at second base, and he has struggled, no doubt, only two base hits on the year. I think he'll get it more uh, back to what we expect today. Definitely not been what we've wanted so far. Batting average under 100, no home runs, no steals. I, I'm thinking he'll figure it out today. Matt Chapman is who I have at third base. Uh, another guy who I feel like is due to go yard. Uh, he went yard a few days back, but I feel like uh, it's a good chance that he will hit a home run today. Adalberto Mondesi, I have it short. Now, his price has gone down. It was 19 bucks earlier in the year, and now we're at 15 He hasn't been great, uh, admittedly not great, but he is someone who I still have faith in, and I definitely like here in this matchup, so I'm going to be using him there. I have a good amount of faith in the outfield here. I have Mike Trout slotted in in my first outfielder's spot. He has not lived up to what we expect Mike Trout to do this year so far, but... He's Mike Trout. He'll figure it out. Adam Duvall is the next guy I have, and he's only $11 today. He's been $15, $16 player uh, more so, and he hasn't gone yard yet either this year. So he's another guy who I think there's a good potential for to hit a home run today. He's just due. He's a massive power guy. And Seiya Suzuki, um, he's the last guy I have in my lineup here, and he's actually the most expensive guy I have outside of the pitchers. I like the course field matchup. I think he's been playing great. And I think that he will return a good value today. So uh, quickly just run over it once more. Grinky, Bueller, Kirk, Torkelson, Semyon, Chapman, Mondesi, Trout, Duvall, and Seiya Suzuki. 
We've currently hit five out of seven lineups for the year in terms of being uh, in money range. Uh, not that I've won any money off of it, but from just uh, looking at a ton of different contests and what typically scores into the green. I've so I've, I typically have the baseline at about 100 points for money. It can vary uh, tournament to tournament, slate to slate. It'll vary, but 100 is about where the money is going to land. And we've scored at least 100 points five out of the seven days so far. So really, really liking the early returns here on the DFS side. Let me know if you guys enjoy the DFS side or not, if you want me to scrap it, if you want me to uh, expand on it. I'd really like to know uh, how many of you guys do the daily stuff and actually uh, implement some of the stuff that I suggest. So I'm really curious uh, what kind of interest level there is in that for sure. Uh, that will pretty much be our show for today, guys. We are going to be coming back tomorrow to wrap up the week and take a look at the weekend. Can you guys please just go down to the bottom of the page and leave uh, a five-star review? Any uh, positive comments you want to leave down there? If you want to leave uh, some kind of criticism, hopefully constructive criticism, by all means, leave it down there. I will respond to it um, on the show. Or if you answer, if you reach out to me on Twitter, that's probably the best way um, to get your questions answered or to get your points or opinions across. I'll give you the handle one more time. It's at JoeOrico99, so J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O. I do realize I have a bit of a, a strange last name. Um, not so strange back in Italy, where my family's from, but over here for sure, uh, you don't see too many Oricos, so that's why I tend to spell it out for you guys. The one other account you guys want to go ahead and follow is the Ethos Fantasy BB account. That's E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. Uh, this show is posted out there every day. And I tend to retweet it on my own account as well. well. I tend to. I do it every day. Either a retweet or I will directly post the show there as well. And you also get a ton of other fantasy baseball related stuff. If you follow me, you get my list of uh, most added players. Um, yesterday we did a, the first buy low, sell high of the year. I'm going to be doing about one of those a week. And someone said on Twitter that they didn't think it was very realistic that people would be selling low or buying high at this point of the year or whatever. And to them I say... You're mostly right, but at the same time, you don't really know what's going on in the head of somebody else. Someone might have Julio Urias or Brandon Woodruff, and they're panicking, and they're thinking, shit, before uh, there's another bad outing here, I need to get him off my team. I need to get value back before there is no value. And people will think like that, it's, despite it being early on. Uh, some people will make their conclusions early. They'll draw their conclusions early, and they'll have an itchy trigger, trigger finger, and they'll want to get rid of some guys who've been struggling. And... You know, on the reverse end of that, if you have some guys who have been really doing out of this world great, like Nolan Arenado, if you can trade him and get a first-round guy back for him, by all means. Uh, guys like Stephen Kwan, if you can trade him and get anybody who's a top 100 guy back, then I would probably go ahead and do that. So there's different levels to this, right? It's not always about robbing your opponent blind, but it's about making a little bit, uh, acquiring a little bit of value um, at a discount. So that's what we'll be getting into more on Twitter as well. Uh, probably once a week. Maybe we'll do twice a week, uh, and we'll talk about how players fared uh, after they were mentioned uh, as a buy low or a sell high, see if there was any regression one way or the other. Guys, I really appreciate you continuing to tune in here. Uh, we've still continued to see good growth uh, in the download numbers and in the Twitter followers in days past, in the last couple weeks, really. So thank you guys for that. I really appreciate it. I'm always there to answer questions, whether it be by DM or by just tweeting at me. So 
Uh, either way, I will get back to you. It may take me, depending on what's going on, what time of the day. Obviously, if it's the night, it'll take a bit longer. But uh, I'll tend to get back to you within an hour if you ask me a question. That's been the standard so far, about an hour. Uh, apologies to those who I've made wait longer than that. But uh, sometimes things come up that you cannot control. So we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be bringing you guys more guests uh, next week. So stay tuned for that for sure. Uh, and also go check out the show from yesterday with Ray Murphy. Uh, it was a good sport coming on here. And we talked for about 20, 25 minutes about some guys earlier on in the season who have been surprisingly good and surprisingly bad. And just looking at both ends of that spectrum and evaluating what you should do with some of your guys who are in those categories. That'll do it for us today, guys. So take care and we will see you tomorrow. Cheers.